0: Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohshine, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left, and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you. But I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway.
1: We are back. Normal Forty, the after-hours ramble. It's been a little bit long since you and I have done this. By the way, my name is Adam. If you don't know that already, and Lon Starshine, founder of Normal Forty, is with me as always. This is a uh, post-show ramble. We've we've cut an episode, and you're going to hear that one really soon, and we think you're going to like it a lot. But this is time for Lon and I just to kind of chat. Again, fun fact behind the scenes: Lon and I don't hang out, so the only time we talk is this hour or hour and a half every uh, every week or so. And so there's a lot of times I need to catch Lon up on things in my life. He's got things he wants to catch up, catch me up on in his life. So this is just Lon, just two dudes talking. That's what this, that's what this after hours rainbow is all about.
0: I can't imagine a better lead in who doesn't want to be, who doesn't want to be a fly on the wall for conversation like this, dude.
1: Yeah, well, I got I got a fun topic for you, Lon. Um, and right. maybe not fun, actually. Maybe fun fun's the wrong word to use here. But um, I have a I have a, a bit of a, a confession, an admission to make, and then I have a, a topic to share with you. So um, if you're a normal 40 podcast listener, you may have experienced over the last couple of weeks that I haven't been on as many shows as normal. Um and I feel like I owe you, the audience, a little bit of an insight as to as to why that is. And Lon, that'll help me tell my story a little bit better. But Unfortunately, I had, a, I had a death in the family. I lost my sister um, unexpectedly about six weeks ago. And so that kind of took me away from the, the podcast space for a while. And and first, I need to um, acknowledge one thing about the gentleman sitting across from me on this Zoom call is um, Lon could not and and um, and was so supportive uh, of me through this time. Lon, let me tell you a little story. You know this already, but I'm going to embarrass you if you don't mind. So I, I send Lon an email and I say, Lon, unfortunately, I had a death in the family. I'm, I'm going to be out for a little bit. And he writes back and he says, um, dude, I'm going to do the thing that no one's supposed to do. I'm going to call you. And literally my phone rings and it's Lon. And I was literally tied up with something. So I did the old side button tricks send the voicemail. And not a second later, I get a text message. Dude, I know you probably don't want to talk. I'm going to call you back though. And, and I want to make sure you're okay. And for multiple days throughout the next couple of weeks, I would just get a random text from Lon thinking about you hanging in there, chief you know, you know, guy in your corner. Um, and I can't tell you, Lon, how much I appreciate your support. Um, I know you probably hear us on the show and you w- wonder what people are like. And, you know, you don't always quote unquote know somebody, but the genuineness that you hear from Lon on these episodes, it's a thousand percent legitimate. It's a thousand percent authentic because his generosity and his care during that time for me was huge. So, so Lon, first, big thank you to you. I really appreciate your support as I as I kind of navigate. It what obviously was a bit of a challenging
2: time for me. Oh man. Um, Look, dude. (laughs) Thanks. But look, you
0: just, you've become, you've just become a part of my life. And, uh, and when you, when you told me, let me tell it from my side. Um, You and I were preparing like we normally do. We we carve out a couple hours in the week to prepare podcasts and you sent me a note and you said um, hey look this week's going to be tough my sister unexpectedly passed away and um her situation is challenging and she leaves behind a nephew and i need to go deal with that well you can't you you can't just sit on that and you know you got to um, you got to act and i, I you know, for anybody who's listening, take this piece of advice that my wife gave me. My wife, um, when she was in college, she lost a little brother. Um, He was 18. She lost a brother to cancer. And one of the things that she taught me was, you will never know what to say, but the only thing you can do wrong is do nothing and say nothing. Just show up, say something, tell, send a note, make the call and show up. And so Adam, clearly when i heard this from you i didn't um i just wanted you to know i was here i would take a call i would do anything um and and it's just because i i care for you man and uh um so that's what that's the that's the premise behind it
1: well, I just want to make sure I share with you how much I appreciated that and how much that meant to me, even though at that point in time, you're not always thinking straight and there's so much kind of coming at you and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, uh, to really kind of understand and process. But, you know, when, when you kind of peel back a little bit and you get a time to sit back and think about who was in your corner, um, you were certainly one of those people. So uh, I wanted to at least acknowledge and, and thank you for that. But this whole situation for me, Lon, has kind of changed, obviously, a little bit about the way I think about things. And, you know, how could it not, right? You said it perfectly in a text message, you know, you get one phone call, and your entire life has changed, you know, forever changed by by one phone call, you know, your life was one thing before that phone rang, and your life was something completely different, and will probably be completely different ever since that phone call. And I've been wrestling and, and grappling a lot with that. And I wanted to share with you in the audience, um, a dream I had. And, uh, and and I don't have a lot of details around the dream because um, I'm in the unfortunate spot where I I often have a lot of dreams, but don't have a lot of recall the next morning, but I have a dream I wanted to share. And I'd love for you to kind of give me your normal 40 lens and put me through your ramble and ask me a bunch of questions to help me maybe understand it better because it's been really weighing on me. But uh, you mentioned my sister had a bit of a, of a challenging situation. Um, I don't want to get into all the specifics because this is the internet and it's forever. And my nephew is 10. And one day, I don't want him here in this episode and learning things about his mom. He doesn't need to hear, but she had a challenging situation and she was dealing with a lot. I think she was in a lot of uh, physical, uh, mental and emotional pain. Um, so she was dealing with a lot. And uh, and obviously that's weighed on me as I've learned more about things. But Lon, I had this dream the other night and I woke up and uh, I remember one part very, very vividly. My sister's name was Danielle, is Danielle. And uh, in this dream, Lon, I was standing in front of a building and in big letters, you know, lit up letters on the outside of the building, it said, Danielle's house. And it was clear to me in the dream that it was some sort of a uh, a nonprofit, some sort of a, a, a charitable venture of some kind. And I was in a, in a suit and tie, and I had one of those big, giant pair of scissors on, and I was cutting that big red ribbon. And I cut the ribbon, everybody clapped. And then I walked over to a podium where microphones were in front of me, and I started talking. don't know what I said. I don't know who I was talking to. And then I think I woke up or the dream just escapes me from there, Lon. So I woke up and that's the only thing I can remember from that dream is me standing in front of a building called Danielle's house, cutting a ribbon and talking to an assembled group of individuals. And it's funny. You and I talk a lot about um, people show up curious, people show up searching for something. And so I've been weighing very heavily since that moment. What did that dream mean? Was there something, was was that a sign? Is somebody trying to tell me something? What do I do with this information? And I've really had a hard time kind of wrestling with what to make of all this because snippet in time, moment in time, but I just, I've been really struggling Lon, with what to, what to make or how to process that, that
2: dream that I had. So let me start, start here. I think that's
0: kind of beautiful, by the way. Um, I do. I think it's kind of beautiful. I'm, I'm kind of a weird cat. I get asked a lot. This is the first time we're talking about this. Um, who knows if this ever we ever air this, but I get asked a lot um, in rambles it where I am on the religion spectrum. Um, and for, for some people, that's it's, it's not, a, I don't want to insinuate that to some people it's important. Nobody's ever, nobody's ever, um, I've never felt judged based on how I answered the question, but I get asked that a lot. You know, how, how does Christianity or just religion play into, into the normal 40 spectrum If for me? And so I, I tell everybody kind of the same story that I'm going to tell here. And that is, um, I'm probably more spiritual than I am religious, And then I get, well, what the hell does that mean? You know, tell me, okay, but that sounds good, but what does that mean? And I say, look, I believe in a higher power. I do. I believe in a higher power. I don't believe that it's my job to lead anybody to their higher power. But I believe in a higher power. And I believe, I don't believe, I know. I am closer to what I feel is a higher power when I am sitting on a rock on the prairie on the farm by myself. I feel closer to to something bigger when I'm there. And so that's why I go back to the farm. That's that's my place. That's the place that grounds me. And I think everybody, we've talked about this uh, on posts and other places, everybody should have a place that grounds them. And so that's the difference. Spirituality, excuse me, is that. It's the belief that there's a higher power and to feel it um, inside of you, not necessarily having to be in a church pew. Okay. So what in the hell does this have to do with your dream? Um, I believe, you know, who knows what's true. Someday we'll find out. I believe that, um, that there's something to this, man. I, um, I, I believe that there's, there's something to this. So here's your options. Dismiss it. See if you have another dream and, um, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't see if something knocks on your door and finds you. Or lean into it and get curious about it. And I'm, I'm curious to know, just knowing you a little bit, I'm curious to know that since that dream's happened, and I'm assuming it was recently, I mean, the, the whole incident was recently, in the last few weeks
2: since it happened and now, what have you done to show it your curiosity? I don't know that I've done anything overtly.
1: Um, I think for me, I've, I've been very introspective about it. I, I try to be one that, um, again, right, wrong, or different, and, and keep being, you know, the the theme of religion sort of out of this. I'm always one that looks for signs, right? And I'm always kind of looking for, looking for signs of something, of decisions to make or what's going on. And I've thought a lot about, you know, Let me kind of back up for a second. Obviously, when when I found Normal Forty, Lon, like you always say to everybody, everybody who clicks on your page, everybody who hits download in this podcast, they're searching for something, right? When I found Normal Forty, I was searching for something. I was searching for what is what's my path? What's 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 my second half story? Is there a better way? Why? How can I be aligned with kind of what I want to work on? Right? So we're all kind of on that searching journey in some respects, and so there's a part of me that has said to myself of late, was that. The sign. I've been searching for something. Was this my sister seeing where I'm at now having a, you know, a a heavenly view, if you will, or a spiritual view, if you believe in that looking down upon her, her little brother saying, Hmm, Adam looks a little lost. Maybe he's searching for something like, let me help him. Let me give him a sign. And and I've been thinking a lot about that. Around is is that the sign? Was that the sign that I was meant to do something? And then because I'm an executor, I start thinking logistics. Well, how does that work? You know, where's the building at, and what what kind of services? I mean, I start thinking about the logistics of it, but I try to peel myself back up to the macro and just say, this may be an opportunity for maybe this was my way of finding what that second half is, right? You know, you always say you want to inspire people to live their second half story, to live in uh, in alignment with who they are and what they value. Maybe this was it. Maybe this is the universe's way vis-a-vis my my sister of saying, this is what you've been searching for. And if that's the case, Lon, man, there's no greater gift than that, right? Like and I've been really kind of overwhelmed with the emotion of like there's no greater gift than than giving someone the opportunity to understand what true purpose means. And I've been wrestling with more so was, was that what that was? And I go back and forth like, yeah, I'm sure it was. And now it's just a silly dream. And that's really where I've been a lot. I haven't done anything tangible. It's just been a lot of thought exercises around the messaging and the meaning behind why that dream came
0: to me. How did you know it was a nonprofit? I think by the way it's a great question. I think
1: the the phrasing Danielle's house was kind of I think the 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 wording for me. And again knowing a little bit about my sister's story and what she was dealing with what I what I will say is that it was clear that there could have been services that had they been more readily available or had she had better access to find them could have potentially given her um, some opportunity to understand and, and relieve and realize her pain. So I, I think I, I extrapolated that just by knowing kind of what she was going through, the use of the word house. And and this is funny now that I think about this. Um, my sister and I grew up in, in South Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. And there was a um, there was a charity down there. It was called Camilla's House. And it was essentially a home for um, runaway, like teenage kids. And it was kind of like a safe haven. And we used to volunteer at Camilla's house all the time, and so maybe subconsciously, I just took that wording because it was something that you know we shared as a family and her and I shared as a you know as as family, and, and maybe I just added the word Danielle
3: to
2: it Um, so as you think about it being a, a nonprofit and are you able to are you able to share? What, what type of services do you think it might be offering?
0: Well, let me ask a different, yeah. let me ask a different question that's similar. Um, who might it be helping describe that? Just describe the individual that, that Danielle's house is helping based on what, what you, what you think you remember in your dream, but I want you to talk about it from your gut. What do you, what do you think that is?
3: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a,
1: it's a safe haven for individuals to go get access to resources and support that they need. And I think about, again, my sister's story, um, single mother, um, you know, lived paycheck to paycheck, certainly wasn't, um, had a job, but certainly wasn't, um, didn't have a ton of, of financial means to her name, you know, raising a a son, uh, the best that she could trying to work at the same time while I think dealing with some emotional, um, pain, um, some, some mental uh, pain and anguish. Uh, I think I've shared on previous episodes, but if you haven't listened to those um, my sister and I tragically lost our mother um, about 10 years ago now, and that was a really profound loss for us. And I know it impacted her heavily. And I I don't know that she ever really got the, the, the treatment or the, the conversations she probably needed to have for that. Um, And so I, I think through, a scenario where somebody's so overwhelmed with some of the burdens of life, and maybe you just need someone to talk to and get some counseling resources. Maybe you've turned into some bad habits, right? And you have, you know, people medicate pain in different ways, right? So maybe there's some medication of pain in a, in a non-positive way that you could get support with. Maybe it's someplace to bring, you know, your, 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 your children or your child and have them have a positive experience, have them, you know, do something fun while you sort of work on you. I, I think my sister lost the ability to work on herself. And I think in, and as any parent often does, and and Alon, you and I've talked about this a little bit from a parenting standpoint, you know, we often sacrifice for the, for the greater good of our kids. Right. And I, I think there's an element where if she had, had resources that were available to her, perhaps she would have had some of these conversations. She would have thought through some of these things. And while there certainly are resources out there. Imagine if it's all under one roof. Imagine if you can go one place and one safe place and and get some of the things that you need. So I guess that's kind of where where my mind would go in terms of who best fits what. I assume this version of the uh, of the dream
2: meant um, from a uh, from a nonprofit standpoint. Here's a spiritual question for you. Um. Who do you think, who do you think sent you that dream? I think it was my sister.
1: I think it was my sister. Um, and I think that because, you know, one of the things that, you know, w- whenever someone passes, right, we all have these, these stages of, of, of guilt, of grief, right. They're, they're, pretty well-known anyone who's lost somebody in their lives has probably experienced a lot of them and you play a lot of the what if games right and and a a little bit of the backstory for my sister is she she lived alone with my nephew um she she had moved to a a place out of state kind of isolated herself from from people because i think she was dealing with some emotional and physical and mental pain and just kind of wanted a fresh start but didn't really turn out that way for her right um and i think As I learned more about what her life had been like over the past three months, what I learned, the phrase I've used for a lot of people, Lon, is she was kind of hiding in plain sight. Everyone knew a little bit about something going on, but none of us knew enough to put it all together, and as the unfortunate role of being next of kin in this situation – I got a chance to to talk to a lot of people about what their experiences were and what they knew, and what they remembered. And to me, it painted a really clear picture of maybe what her life had been like over the past three to six months. You know, a real, you know, holy shit moment, if you'll excuse my my language on that one. And as I looked at what her life was, I saw some direct parallels to some of the things I had been going through. Now we're different individuals. We have different things in our lives, but the, the themes of what she was dealing with resonated with me a lot from a, from a, a a mental and emotional standpoint on themes that I've dealt with in my life. And what really struck me, Lon, and what really kind of, I don't know the phrase to use, but really sort of gave me a lot of angst was. You can't play the what if game in life, right? It's really challenging. But I, always, I said to myself, what if I picked the phone and said, hey, Danielle, I think you're going through some stuff. You know what? So am I. What if we had talked that out? You talk about the awkward conversation a lot. What if we had talked that out? What if I picked up that phone and made that phone call? And so part of me wonders if this is her way of saying, I see you're going through it too. Let me help you. Let me do for you what... What I know that you need. Maybe that's crazy, Lon. Maybe there's there's no truth to that, but part of me wonders if the connective point now is me saying to myself, I could have helped her and her saying, well, let me help you now. Let me, let me give you something that I know you're
2: searching for Okay. So if that's the case, what do you what are the implications of that? So let me let me, Repackage
0: this um, you you lost your sister on top of losing your mother, and shortly after losing your sister, you have this dream which is an outlier it's not this isn't a dream that that you've had the type of dream you've had before and along the way, I would imagine after you know, we talk, We've talked about the moment, the moment of your life, the moments, how your life looks in the moments before a call, and, the, and then how it looks forever after that call. And um, and so you, you got the call. You, I would imagine you just went through the motions and you did what you had to do as as the surviving family member to to deal with this. And you get to this point where you're probably just back into your life and you have this dream. And this dream is, is potentially asking you to wrestle with something. It's asking, it's if you were subconsciously saying, well, what am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do now? You know, and what am I supposed to do with my nephew? And what am I supposed to do with her legacy? And what am I supposed to do? While well, you might not have said those words out loud, that's probably what you're processing. And lo and behold, there's an answer or there's a sign or there's an omen that comes to you in the form of this dream. And when that happens, you've you've got options and every option has an implication. You've got the option of doing nothing. That's a fair option. You can do nothing. You can just remember the dream and remember your sister and, and... And that's an option, and that's probably what a lot of people do. That's I'm not, and I'm not judging that as right or wrong. That is an option. But you've got another potential option with other implications, and that is, you do something. What does that mean? Um, it means you get you you get curious about um, what you could do, what what you Adam. Could do for people who were Danielle in Danielle's situation. And that can be, it really boils down to one or, one or two things. You can start something, you can start a nonprofit, you can, you can build Danielle's house, um, or you can join something and you can all, you can become part of something that's already in that universe as you're trying to figure this out. So let me go back to my question. You you've had, you've gone through this experience. It's happened. There's no more what ifs about that. It's only the result. And now you've had this dream and this dream is going to, it's, it's, it's going to compel you to do something. What are the implications
2: of the dream? What are you willing to do? You said something interesting there. I think.
3: I look at the situation and I say
1: there have, been many people who, who's, whose lives have been flipped upside down by her passing, right? And you know, my nephew was obviously one, myself, my grandmother is still alive, God bless her, and has dealt with a lot of loss in her life. And losing her first grandchild was pretty tough for her, right? So there's a lot of folks in, within my family, within her, her circle of friends who have experienced a lot. And so I guess I, I'd phrase it a different way. If you told me, hey, Adam, you can do something, To save one family from having to experience that, would you sign up for it? I would say yes. Now, I don't know what that means, right? To your point of like, how does that, how does that actually come to fruition and what are the machinations of that? I don't, I don't haven't figured all that out yet. But if you said, hey, Adam, if you do something, you can there's one family out there that won't experience the same thing, that would be worth it to me for the legacy of my sister. Right. Cause I think that that's what she would have probably wanted to do, um, is sort of pay it forward. And I think, again, I said, she was kind of hiding in plain sight. One of the things that you look back and you kick yourself over now is you say, well, damn it, Adam, you idiot. Why didn't you do something? Why didn't you make that phone call? Why didn't you drive up to where she was and open the door and say, you're talking to me or else? Why didn't I do any of that stuff? Right. And, Part of me says, maybe this is an opportunity to make that right. Uh, and, and this is an opportunity to, to do something along those lines. Now, let me also be afraid of my sister. She was stubborn as all hell on And I suspect she'd be like, I'm fine. I'll be okay. Cause that's just what we do in my family. Um, you know, again, you talk about awkward conversations. That's my entire family. We don't talk to each other. We never did. Like, that's just how we were raised. Um, you know, we don't share feelings and emotions. That's just, that's just our upbringing. So she would have been like, I'm fine. Get out of here. You're an idiot. Leave me alone. Right. Um, but I, I think she was looking for help and, and and didn't get it fast enough. But I think she would want people to be able to get help so they don't have to go through what she went through. I'll never get a chance to ask her that, unfortunately. Right. But in my, in my heart, in my gut, I think that's what she would have wanted. If, if, you know, she was able to leave behind a, a note somewhere to to tell the future or, or share more about it. I, I fully suspect that she would want to make sure that her
3: lesson
2: was felt by others. Well, you, um, I think you just answered, you just answered your
0: own, the question, the question you're, you're asking me, you know, what do I do with this? Um, and I'm asking you what are the implications and your answer
2: was, I'm willing to do just about anything to help one person avoid this, and then you
0: immediately did what we all do. Everyone, almost every person I talk to, every person I ramble with, jumps from that point. I'm willing. I'm willing to do something, um, but I don't know how it's going to go. They jump to the how, and I would I would challenge you not to allow yourself to get distracted by the how. Um, it, how to me is, the, if, you, if you start attacking the how um, in a dream state, and, and I don't mean this in the, in the sleeping dream. I mean, when you have something, you, you just feel compelled to go chase. And you start saying, well, how, how is how am I going to do that? How am I going to make the time? How am I going to make the impact? How am I really going to start a nonprofit? That's not the right question. All it is going to do is keep you boxed into that's too big. That's too big. I can't, I'm not ready for that. I would, I would ask you to ask a different question. And that is, what can you do to put yourself in a position to help that one person? What is one phone call you can make? What is one volunteer hour you can give? What is one phone call you've been putting off that you can follow up with? What is just one thing you can do? to continue to be curious about, um, about this dream. And, and it, it is the long game to really getting over this how, um, but I would, I would, so I would go back to the question. What is something you can do this
2: week that maybe just maybe is enough to help one person have that awkward conversation,
1: Selfishly, Lon, I hope this, this podcast that we're cutting right now is one of those things. Right. And, you know, I told you, uh, in one of our, our text exchange back and forth that at some point I I wanted to talk about some of this, you know, with, with you and with the show, um, one, because, you know, I try to be transparent with, with what we all go through because we all go through this stuff, right? I don't have the market quartered on grief and loss. Everyone, everyone ex- experiences it, everyone is going to face it in their life. But I, I thought a lot about normal affording this process. And and that's that's one thing I thought about was the awkward conversation. My sister and I never had those awkward conversations. You know, hey, Danielle, if something ever happens to you, what do you what do you want to go? What do you want to do? You you know, one thing I really wrestle with, Lana? and I'll get back to your question in a second. Sorry, I'm just on this tangent as I think out uh, loud here. And I I got, it really bothered me. And I ended up calling one of my sister's very best friends in the world. And we had a really long conversation. And it was one thing that really frustrated me, bothered me, made me sad. I don't know the emotion. It was a lot of them. And I I called her friend and I, and we were just kind of chatting. And I said, uh, her name is Katie. I said, Katie, what was Danielle's dream in life? What were her goals? what did she want to accomplish? What did she want to do? And don't tell me she wants to raise her son, you know, and yet like, I know all that, like, what did she want to do? What what were her dreams? What were her goals? And, and we had a great conversation and we talked a lot. We, We shared stories. We laughed, we cried. And I thought a lot about the awkward conversation and you kick yourself and say, why didn't I have that conversation when I could have had it two months ago? What, what's holding me back from that? And I wrote something that I sent to you, Lon. Um, I had to sort of give a little bit of a service speech and I wrote something uh, afterwards as kind of a thank you to those who came. And And I don't remember word for word, but I'll paraphrase. And I implored everybody to do do one thing, right? Or, or a couple of things. Number one, all of us have that one phone call we've been putting off. I meant to call that, that person back. I got to get to him. I, you know, I really should touch base with him. Make that phone call, right? Go to your phone right now. You have a text message. Somebody sent you days ago, hours ago, weeks ago, if you haven't responded to it yet, I'll get to that later. I'm busy. Respond to that text message, right? There's somebody you haven't seen in a while that you have to catch up with. Go to the airline, make a flight, get a, get a car, get in, get in the car and drive there. Like take advantage of these opportunities, have these awkward conversations. Cause I didn't, I didn't do that Lon. and I sit here now and I kick myself because I have so many unanswered questions. And so part of me hopes that this podcast in general helps, um, help somebody and, and is that next step. Here's the second thing that I'm, I've been doing and I will continue to do. And I feel like a complete a-hole for having to say it this way. But I've been spending a lot of time getting to know my sister, talking to people. Who was she? What was she to you? What, what were your memories of her? What did you all do together? You know, what was what, what made her happy? What was she frustrated about? Getting to know her better from everybody else's perspective. And I think there's an element of that that I'm hoping my wife the other day was like, why do you like, obviously, as you can imagine, some of these conversations can be pretty emotional. And she said to me the other day, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Why do you keep going to these conversations, knowing it's going to make you emotional, knowing that, you know, you're trying to heal and get like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? And I said, I'm going to learn something that's going to help me figure out what to do next. And I firmly believe, Lon, what I can keep doing is learning about my sister. Maybe that that wide, narrow, that wide focus of Danielle's house—that's you know, eighty thousand square feet. Maybe that that just becomes one thing that I learn, right? And so, those are the two things that I'm hoping to do. One is I'm in somebody's eardrum right now, who's going to put this stupid thing on pause and return that text message that they've been meaning to return or two, I'm also going to learn something about my sister. That's going to give me that, that thread that I say, that's, that's how I help. That's what I do. I don't know how long that's going to take me by the way, but those are the two things, the actions that I'm currently taking that I hope we can take as part of this episode.
0: Dude. That's awesome. Look, so may is mental health awareness Month. Yeah. And, um, The timing of this conversation is, is wonderful, but I can't, I asked you right off the top of the conversation. I mean, we just, we just launched into this conversation and uh, I asked you off the top, I said, look, I know you, I, I know you now after spending 25 hours on conversations like this with you, um, I know you. And I said, I, I bet you're, I bet you're doing something. You, you've had this, you've had this, um, tragedy, you've had this life event, uh, one of the D's you've had a death. And, um, and and I'm like, what, what are you doing to to give it your curiosity? And you said, well, really not much. And then you followed up 15 minutes later with the fact that you had a conversation with a friend, the fact that you're trying to get to know your sister after she's gone, the fact that you're challenging people to lean into the awkward conversations, the fact that um, you're hoping that this podcast helps someone, man don't tell me you're not doing anything. You're doing a lot. You're doing, you're doing more than most. I think it's beautiful. I think, I think the answers you're looking for are going to be found where you're looking. I think the answers you're looking for are going to be found in a relationship that you're building with your sister, even though she's not here, you can do that. And I think, um, I think that so long as you believe that what you're feeling and hearing are actually omens that are guiding you and you listen to them, man, I, I don't think you're going to get it wrong. It might take a long time. It might, this, might be, this might be a five year, 25 year. This might be a for the rest of your life kind of mission. But I think it's one that you never regret exploring and taking and, and going down. Um, and uh, man, I, I love where you are allowing your curiosity to take you.
1: It's been a journey. You know, I think we always say show up curious and, you know, you talked about the, one of the D's, right? I know there's some stuff that you and I will do later on in, in this podcast series about that. So um spoiler alert for those um at some point, but it's, it's taken, it's taken some time to, to get to this space. But I also think about this, you know, I, I have a 10 year old nephew who in five years is gonna start asking questions about his mom is gonna want to know stuff and and I think through how can I how can he be part of this journey and this legacy as well. And so there's just so many emotions that have have come with it. It's funny you said I'm doing a lot. What's what's odd, man, if I can be confessional for a second, I almost I, I I I reject that hypothesis only because I say to myself, I should have been doing this all along. Like don't give me bouquet of roses now for doing it. Like, you know, Punch me in the face for not doing it sooner, and that's kind of my message to everybody who listens: is is take advantage of opportunities. The cliche of life is short; and we all hear it, we all know it, but you know it, it is it is extremely true. Um, And so, I guess I am uncomfortable taking praise when I feel like I should be taking you know you know kicks to the shins for for not doing something sooner and for wasting opportunities um, wasting opportunities sooner. But I can I can tell you this. Sometimes showing up curious hurts a little bit. And I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Because my wife asked, why do you keep doing this to yourself? And I said, I have to. Because I have to know. And maybe that's another message for everybody. Showing up curious isn't always puppies and sunshine and brownies and roses. <laughs> Sometimes it's tears and, and fisticuffs and, and, and anger and sadness. But um, I keep reminding myself the end of this journey will mean something whenever I get there don't know when that is, don't know where that is. But really, for the first time, I'm okay, not knowing and uh not knowing when it ends, but just knowing that I, sh- I should be on it. And that's, you know, that's kind of where where I'm at with it today. I still don't know what it means, right? And I think we've talked it out a little bit. And maybe I never will. Um, And maybe it'd be one of those, you know, the old TV show with Robert Stack, one of those unsolved mysteries. But um, it's certainly offered me a lot of opportunity to to do some soul searching, some growth, uh, as a person um and uh and it's 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 been something hopefully
3: i come out on the other side different um and more enlightened to a lot of things
0: um you know you and i we did an entire podcast called the awkward conversation and i made the assertion on that podcast that i've come to discover and this was before, this was, this was before Danielle's death. Um, and I, but I've had probably 350 of these phone calls and conversations just like this with, with people from around the world. And I've come to the conclusion, realization is a better word. I've come to the, to realize that everybody I talk to is one awkward conversation away from a radically improved day, week, month, Life, uh, year or life. And before I say life, sometimes I pause because I'm like, is that too? When I say year one awkward conversation away from fewer life regrets. I think this scenario, unfortunately, proves the point that you're making here that um, sometimes an awkward conversation can change a life.
1: It's, you know, the word I use a lot, I'm not trying to, um, you know, change your nomenclature, but I, I think awkward is, is one way to phrase it. But I, I think the other word I've used is crucial. It's a crucial conversation that you should have that is going to be awkward, right? Because sitting down from your sister and saying, hey, you, you may die one day. What do you want me to do about that? Like who's in for that conversation, right? Who's who of us is signing up to be on the other end of that, that, that monstrosity. Right. None of us, right. None of us want to have that conversation. It's not fun. It's, it's, it's pretty morbid in some respects, but it's crucial. And it would have given me a lot of answers now, but here's the thing I challenge myself with Lon. I said, you know, again, so many emotions with this stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm an overthinker in general, right. I didn't have that conversation. And obviously we never did it. And I sit here and I, and I say to myself, man, why did I do that? You know, what an idiot you are. But then I also look at it and say, look what I've learned from it though. Look the, the learning I've gotten by that. Look now what I'm doing. I'm discovering more about my sister through this organic process. Maybe this is how it was supposed to go, right? Um, but I still wish I had that awkward conversation. I still wish... I had picked up that phone call. We did an episode a while back, Lon. It was a ramble you did with um, uh, Dave, David Martin, Davey Martin. Um, And we talked about, uh, Davey Mahan, sorry. We talked about being a Manny. And and, in that story, really quickly, there was a friend of David's who kind of reached out to him and sort of pulled him out of the abyss. And his name was Manny. And, And you and I talked about how, man, like everyone should have a Manny in their life, right? I wish that this was my Manny moment, right? And those are the two things I leave people with. Have that awkward conversation. Have that crucial conversation. And you, whether you know it or not out there, you're somebody's Manny. They may not tell you that. It may never be said to you, but you're somebody's Manny. Maybe somebody you know really, really well, you've known forever, like a sister. Or maybe someone you've just met a week ago, like a neighbor. You're somebody's Manny. And I challenge everyone out there, figure out, who needs your maniness and 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 show up in their life, be in their life, um, and offer them the ability to to be their manny? Um, because it's it's powerful
2: when you get a chance to do stuff like that. And that's beautiful, absolutely beautiful, dude. I uh, I am so proud to be in your corner, boss. I'm so happy to be your friend. I'm glad,
0: I'm glad this little crazy thing that I did on a whim led to something that sparked you to reach out to me. And I think that this, the people who are listening right now, dude, will show up for you when you know what it is you want to do with this. I'm, I'm a believer in that missions, when you go looking for a mission, it, you'll find it. You'll get on mission. And sometimes it finds you. And this might be a case where it's, it's finding you and you're finding it. But to be on mission is weird. It's not about money and image. And it's not about all the things that used to matter. It's about knowing you can't get it wrong. You can't get it wrong. And the more you lean into what you're feeling, you're feeling motivated to do, you're feeling inspired to, to learn about your sister in the hopes that it helps someone, you can't get that wrong. You can't get it wrong, and to me, that for the rest of your life is you on mission.
1: Well, I'm. I appreciate um, the the kind words, Lon. I I want to extend uh, your uh, my thank you to you for allowing me to even talk about this. Right, I mean, this is a pretty self indulgent conversation topic, um, and so I appreciate you letting me let me do that. Um, I want to thank the audience, whoever's listened in to. However long this ends up being 30, 40 minutes for for letting me share my story, right? And, and letting me drone on for a little bit and and share about about myself. I know you don't always tune in to hear what's happening on a day-to-day basis from from Milan and I. Um, but this is kind of an organic conversation, one I've been wanting to have with Lon because I have so much respect for who he is and, and how he thinks and what he does and um, and the way that he's, you know, shows up for a lot of us. So, you know, honestly, what you all just heard was me talking to my friend. Uh, and I appreciate you putting up with us uh, doing that for the last 30 or, or 40 minutes or however long this all up being. So uh, my, my gratitude to all of you again, heed my two warnings, have that awkward conversation, be somebody's Manny, be there for somebody, um, show up when it counts. Take advantage of opportunities in in life. Um they're 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 shorter than you realize. Um and and to Lon's point, if you do those things, man, it's pretty tough to go.